And for more, we join on the line now by our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Indeed, it is. Welcome. Now, looking at what the stocks are doing, Asian stocks, uh, they fell as Chinese shares were whipsawed after the biggest one-day sell-off in three months there, Clive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still the challenge, the key, you know, that the Chinese market is obviously still struggling a little bit as we get back onto their feet. Uh, we still know that they're working not at full capacity. They're sitting at about just just over 73% with the stocks that have been trading. Uh, the other thing that is quite interesting that's taken place as well is that obviously the uh, bad data that's been coming out um, has not helped them much. It's been creating a little bit of a crimping situation because they cannot move forward unless obviously every other sector is also in support of what they're doing. So the most number of uh, stocks that have been actually in the positive over the last three months have been mainly the tech stocks which have actually helped the Shanghai Composite to stay aboard. But nonetheless, the MSCI Asia Pacific uh, early hours of this morning had dropped by nearly 1%, which is quite concerning uh, in Hong Kong. And then also we saw that the uh, and several other, the Shanghai Composite, for example, was also uh, down as much as 3.2%, uh, which is not necessarily great. So all these are, uh, I guess, signs of a slowdown in China, a slowdown in emerging markets, a strengthening of the dollar, and also, obviously, which is not welcomed by many people, the slowdown, yeah, or rather the declining of uh, commodity prices. And then, interestingly, the IMF um, adding the yuan in their basket of reserve currencies? What do they want? What is it? What are they actually saying here? That's just what I want to know. Because it has been very, very difficult for the IMF to welcome China. Uh, Firstly, because we know that since actually uh, run about 2003, 2004, China already showed its uh, head and shoulder that it's going to be a competitive economy around the world. And on top of that, the yuan has continued. I mean, we just read reports of the extension. We know that President Jacob Zuma uh, and Xi Jinping will be meeting as well um, uh, tomorrow, and uh, he's going to be actually chairing the African summit of how China is going to further advance the economic uh, activities within the African continent, and which is very important. Akira, by the way, just remember that they have increased consistently their investments within the African continent, particularly in South Africa as well. They've done relatively well in the automotive and manufacturing industries. And so what this means is that they've been welcomed now by the IMF now only after they were rejected the last time in 2010. The reason the IMF says they've welcomed them now, the <coughs> That lady of ours, Akina, with uh, Christine Lagarde, <laughs> she says she says she says she wants to. Uh, the approval was expected because Christine wants to see more competitive currency. Remember the reason why this is important: the scaling of how the IMF uh, registers or uh, gives economic forecasts is ranging on also the currencies. So there's about 188 members actually that sit on this IMF board that actually represent different currencies to try and influence where the direction of the currency should be going or the economy should be going. So China was very significant. But now being the second biggest economy in the world, there was just no way they could cut the yuan out. Mm. And of course then uh, Naspers, and um, mentioned them uh, briefly yesterday, but Naspers, they're planning to increase exposure to U.S. technology startups. Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's quite interesting. You know, I asked a question about two weeks ago. I was attending one of these summits, 
and I ask the question, where is Africa's uh, Silicon Valley? Where does the innovation hub lie on the African continent where people can just go there and people can cover up and, part- and partner with small partners and small business to create innovative ways of creating new technologies going into the future. And, you know, there was a brave guy, I remember, who, who was from Kenya who said Kenya should be that particular hub. But there's not much investment going into it, Sakina. You know, startups are the big thing, you know, where companies are investing in these people, in these young people, these young minds uh, who come up with wonderful ideas of how to actually better our lives going into the future. So what's happening is NASBERS has identified a few of these companies. Unfortunately, they're not in the African continent, and so they go into the U.S., and uh, there's a little, there's a, a small company there called LetGo, which is a mobile-only classified ad application. And this business is also uh, uh, projected to be uh, going up just over 100 million uh, in a few months, uh, months time. So the the reason why I raise this is because it seems like we don't have that particular hub, and we need to create those. And that's where young people can be given a platform to express themselves. I know there's a few awards, there's a few forums that sit, but we need something more comprehensive where business can go directly and invest. And, and that's actually how it works in the U.S., is that these companies go, and sometimes these young people come up with these ideas, and they go and present in front of business to try and stimulate uh, uh, interest. And those guys that do get the interest, they get the big bucks. Can I remind you of one person who did such a thing? Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg. There he is. Facebook. Ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is possible, Sakina. We just need to put the money where our mouths are.